This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Trudeau government is seeking to delay the expansion of Canada's doctor-assisted suicide regime to include those suffering from mental illnesses. Justice Minister David Lametti told reporters on Wednesday that he heard concerns that the healthcare system is not prepared to handle such complicated cases. Bill C-18, also known as the Online News Act, was pushed through the House of Commons and onto the Senate after the Liberals struck down debate on the bill's second reading. And the Alberta government is recommending prosecutors don't pursue charges against firearms owners whose guns were deemed illegal under the Trudeau government's 2020 change. And nearing the third anniversary of the onset of the pandemic, federal public servants are finally returning to in-person office work and they are not happy about it. Hello Canada, it's Friday, December 16th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Anthony Fury. And I'm Andrew Lawton. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. The Trudeau government is seeking to delay upcoming changes which would legally allow those who have a mental illness to seek reprieve by opting for medically assisted suicide. Justice Minister David Lametti said during a news conference that the government has heard concerns that the healthcare system might not be prepared to handle such complicated cases. Lametti said some provinces, territories, and those working in the healthcare system say that more time is needed. Lametti continued, that includes having the time to implement those practice standards and to complete and disseminate key resources that are being developed for clinicians and other healthcare system partners to address these more complex made requests. In order to delay the change, Lametti said the government would need to amend the existing legislation. The government has not said how long the proposed extension would be. Now, a growing number of voices have criticized the government's doctor-assisted suicide policies after reports emerged of veterans being nonchalantly offered euthanasia by government employees. Recent reports include a disabled veteran being offered medical assistance in dying in response to her request for a new wheelchair ramp for her home. Now, when confronted with these sorts of exchanges, officials did indeed acknowledge that it had happened. Andrew, it's interesting to see this sort of slow walk back of all of this, but look at what it took. It took Canada becoming an international scandal on this front. Features in the New York Times, all around the world, people asking what's going on in this country. For sure. And I think all of this was entirely predictable. Back in March of 2021, when Bill C-7 was passed, people like me and the Conservatives as well were sounding the alarm about this, saying that this was inevitable. And the Liberals said, no, 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 it'll all work out. It'll be fine. Just trust us. And we're nearing the two-year mark where these changes are going to go in. And everything that the critics said has been proven true. Andrew, one of the things I find really interesting from that Lametti quote is he's almost talking about how there are just technical bugs to be worked out as to how to best facilitate made for persons with mental illness rather than 
stopping and saying, is this even a direction we want to head in? Yeah, I mean, it was odd that he started couching it in terms of healthcare capacity. So the problem isn't the bill. The problem isn't what the governments are doing. The problem is just that the healthcare system is not efficient enough to deal with it. So there isn't even a real recognition that they got it wrong in this. Do you anticipate that things are going to be fully walked back or are we just still crossing this line and we will go in this direction to some degree? Well, one of the big problems with C7 is that it put this deadline in place that would have come regardless of whether a resolution had been worked out. I I think what they need to do this time is not put in that trigger that automatically just flips a switch when a certain point comes. They need to actually say, we will not allow this to take hold until we've addressed these concerns. And I I think there's a heck of a lot more attention on the issue now than there was in 2021. So I'm cautiously hopeful. Bill C-18, also known as the Online News Act, was pushed through the House of Commons and is on to the Senate as of Wednesday. There was still a fair bit of contention about it, but the Liberals shut down debate on the bill's second reading, so it now goes on to the Senate. When put to a vote in the House, it passed with 213 votes for and 114 votes against. It was supported by Liberal, NDP, Bloc Québécois, and Green Party MPs and opposed only by the Conservatives. The Liberals claim that the law only sets out to force social media companies like Facebook to negotiate negotiate revenue sharing deals with Canadian media companies, but critics have argued that at its core, it's mandating payments in exchange for uh, links being shared to news articles on social media platforms. In a blog post, Canada Research Chair of Internet and E-Commerce Law at the University of Ottawa, Michael Geis, called the legislative review, quote, an utter embarrassment. Anthony, at a certain point, is this not just the government forcing subsidization of media by the tech sector? Yeah, it's very interesting. When we talk about using news content on platforms like Facebook and Twitter, really a lot of the time what they mean is just posting links. And you've got to think that that is beneficial to these news organizations because it does also drive traffic to their sites. Yet at the same time, because these tech giants are sitting on billions of dollars in their bank accounts, tons of money, the idea is, well, maybe we should also be able to get some of that money for these news organizations uh, because they obviously are monetizing the the discussions and, and all of the sort of presence they have on their platforms. But ultimately, it's a dangerous game because these tech giants have already said, okay, we may just sort of stop being in the news business in terms of highlighting, uh, promoting, and, and, and getting people more engaged with these news links. And that just, I think, harms everything. To that point, when this uh, similar bill was put forward in Australia, Facebook did exactly that. It was a bit of brinksmanship, but they, for a time, banned sharing links to Australian news articles. Do you think something like that standoff will come to fruition in Canada? Yes, because to your point, they've already done it. And I think then a lot of Canadians are really going to stop and look at these bills and say, what's really going on here? Because the sort of uh, top line sell that we need tech giants to pay their fair share and that uh, Canadian news organizations deserve respect. Nobody disagrees with those basic sentiments, but drill down and say, what is this mechanism actually doing? And then the basic point that these tech giants can just just drift away. It's like we say, if uh, you're overly taxing someone who has the ability to be very mobile, well, they're just going to circumvent the tax. The Alberta government is pushing back against the Trudeau government's gun grab scheme in a pretty interesting way. 
The province is recommending prosecutors don't pursue charges against firearms owners whose guns were deemed illegal under the Trudeau government's 2020 order in council. A news release from the province said Alberta is taking back constitutional jurisdiction for handling charges under the Firearms Act, and Alberta's Crown prosecutors will now determine whether or not to pursue charges. The news release reads that while respecting operational independence on individual cases, the new protocol issued by the Attorney General provides prosecutors with guidance on how to evaluate the public interest when determining whether or not to pursue charges. So in May 2020, Justin Trudeau announced he was banning more than 1,500 models of firearms, including guns explicitly used for sport shooting and hunting. The government put an amnesty in place until October 2023. Now, when the amnesty expires, Albertans who still possess their legally acquired property could conceivably face jail time under the criminal code. Alberta Justice Minister Tyler Shandro says Albertans should not automatically be considered criminals because they own a firearm that was legally purchased and possessed. Andrew, this is quite something to find that suddenly tons of people will just be made criminals overnight for previously doing something that was totally legal. For sure. And that amnesty, we shouldn't forget, was originally supposed to expire in May of this year, but the government failed to actually put this so-called buyback together and was forced to kick back that amnesty period because they didn't actually have the mechanism to enforce the law that they themselves said was so essential to public safety. So I think Alberta is calling the government's bluff on this. And in the past, Minister Marco Mendicino has admitted that the feds really can't do anything about it. If provinces go this direction, and I'm glad to see that Saskatchewan has followed suit, New Brunswick has followed suit. As an Ontario gun owner, I would have loved it if Doug Ford had done the same, but I'm not holding my breath. Andrew, if I can go bird's eye view here, and maybe I'm, I'm ruminating on a potential future column, but a lot of these things here with the Trudeau government, th this very nitpicking into people's daily lives... Uh, this is the number of electric vehicles that stores must be selling by a certain date. These are the specific firearms you can and can't have. Uh, totally switching the regime around before. This is what your Twitter posts can and can't say. I, I don't really remember past governments, even interventionist ones bringing much more regulations, being this extreme in terms of their invasiveness. No, and I think what the government is doing here to justify these incursions on individual choice is having to create boogeymen, and it's why the gun measures they do come in the wake of horrible tragedies, because they know that's when they have a political climate in which they can justify it, or when they talk about free speech, they have to find something to seize that will make people comfortable with the regulation of social media, but it's all very cynical, and I do agree, as part of, I think, a larger trend we're seeing in the government. It's not just about firearms. It's not just about social media. It really is at its core about government control. Federal public servants will soon have to return to in-person office work just for two to three days a week, but a major public sector union is calling the move, quote, absolutely disrespectful, unquote. Mona Fortier, president of the Treasury Board, announced Thursday that the government had shifted to a hybrid model during the pandemic, but there were inconsistencies in the system on how employees were treated. So now public servants will have to go through a phase 
latest introduction of a return to office plan starting January 16th, and it's going to take until the end of March 2023 to have employees spending 40 to 60% of their time at the office. But the Public Service Alliance of Canada president, the union representing federal employees, Chris Aylward, said that there has been absolutely zero consultation on the government's decision and that it's, quote, absolutely disrespectful to the workers who have made sacrifices for Canadians, unquote. Fortier said, in fact, the government did communicate the changes to the unions. I don't know if everyone would agree that federal public servants have been sacrificing for Canadians, but setting that aside for the moment, this sounds to me like an incredibly generous and phased-in approach to this that in most companies would be, hey, you're back in the office next week. Well, that's just it. And one of the bizarre things, Andrew, that we've seen in the past couple of years is when, for instance, uh, teachers are told, okay, you're going back to school in class learning. And then, oh, no, they actually need like two days to prepare to go back to in class learning. Those are the sort of memos that I would receive as a parent of a Toronto school board uh, child. You look at these and they almost present as if their employees, whether it's the teachers, whether it's federal public servants, are like incompetent people who just can't possibly figure out how to walk to the office that they used to walk to a year ago. I mean, really what they're saying is that these people just don't have the same basic skill sets as people in the private sector, which obviously isn't true. This presentation that we we can't possibly just go back to the office. We need a phased introduction. It's disrespectful for you to suggest otherwise. You need to consult with us. Why do you need to consult with people to tell them to go in? Well, and I also don't think we can forget that public servants, by and large, did not lose their jobs during the pandemic. They kept them. Many of them were given raises while Canadians grappled with pay cuts or lost their jobs altogether. I would say that this reaction is only going to drive more of a wedge between the public sector and the private sector. That's it for today, and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.